Hello and welcome to One Throw at a Time, a player's perspective on the game that builds and breaks our hearts. Today I am here, well, my name's Johnny, hi. Today I am here, as always, with my co-host, Rowan McDonald, but not only that, we are joined by two amazing, special, stupendous guests, Luisa Neves and Tulsa Douglas, and they are from another podcast another ultimate frisbee podcast called share the air we're really excited to have them on to talk about their podcast a little bit to talk about who they are a lot a bit and also do a little bit of shenanigans with them it'll be our first custom crossover shenanigans which we're really excited about but before we get there i want to hear a little bit from rowan a little high maybe just to prove that he's alive prove that he's in the room prove that he's on the recording and then we can hear um, from Lou and Tulse a little bit about their proudest moments playing Ultimate. Louisa and Tulse are teammates on New York Gridlock of the PUL. Louisa also plays on Exist, and Tulsa plays on Brute Squad for Club. But we'd love to hear a little bit more about their Ultimate careers first before we dive in. Rowan, let's get a little hello. Hey, hey, everyone! I'm here too, but um, yeah, I'm gonna you know pass the mic along. Very excited. We've been working on this project for a little over a month now, and we are here. So, without further ado, um, yeah, Tulsi, you want to take it away with a little extra personal intro? Sure. I think this question is is really interesting because for me, the first things that come to mind are winning college nationals and making a U24 team. And I think for me, reflecting on that, it feels like, oh, they feel like big, more like classic traditional um, achievements. So to elaborate on them, because I think for me, there's more to it than just like being picked for a team and winning a championship. In For me in college, the first year I showed up at my school. I went to St. Olaf College in Minnesota, D3 school. And the previous year was the first year the team had ever been to D3 nationals. And they got in because the team, there was a team that couldn't go and they were like the next next team that could drive to the tournament. And so when I got there, they were competitive, but not in the way that I was, that I was hoping for. And so to work from this place of, um, having just qualified to nationals for the first time by my senior year, we won D3 nationals. It was a really cool experience in creating a community and developing my leadership and building this team and program that was a nationals contender. And I think um, specifically that year at D3 nationals, it was in good old Rockford, Illinois, and it was horrible weather. And on the Sunday we had back when D3 was nationals was just two days so it was super condensed and the sunday there was a a big lightning delay maybe three four hours and i was i think the the big win for me was the way that our team was able to respond to that challenge and go from not being sure what the rest of the day was going to look like to coming back and i think that happened in in our first game of the day. So to come back, play the number one seed, take them down, and then go all the way to win the national championship. I think it was a really cool reflection of like all of the work that me and my teammates and my co-captains had put in over the, our four years to then end with a national championship. Incredible. Louisa, what about you? Uh, for myself, 
Um, I'll talk, I'll say, you know, two things. One, uh, very individualistically, something I'm really proud of is, um, I, it's kind of weird because COVID has sort of moved things around, but in last year, basically, I made the uh, Beach National uh, Mixed Team, which was super exciting. Um, I think working towards a national team is, has been something that I've been doing basically since I learned that those existed in Ultimate. Um, but I started playing Ultimate um, in college in the Metro East. So I've heard every sort of possible uh, joke, criticism, whatever there is to say about the Metro East. Um, and very much felt like I had a chip on my shoulder uh, as I began to, you know, learn more about, about Ultimate and the community and everything like that and and growing up in the, in the programs that I did. Um, so, yeah, I think that making that that team has been a really big goal of mine and I'm, I'm it's it's really it's mind-blowing I think to be teammates now with people that I like looked up to when I started playing um so that's been very very exciting and it's so exciting to to still be learning even at this level um which kind of just goes to show that you know there's always like a new goal to to sort of chase and a new thing to learn so for me just very personally that that's been something I've, I'm really really proud of um, in terms of more uh, not so maybe like results oriented things um, I am so so proud of the team that exist uh, showed up as last year and to name the result that we had um, finishing third place at nationals um, that was really exciting and I, I named that results because uh, I'm, I think the main reason that we had that result is because of the community we built. Um, and we can maybe, we'll maybe talk about this a little bit more later or something, but, um, exists very much holds equity and competition, um, sort of at the same level. And we really prided ourselves on, um, sticking to gender equity goals, racial equity goals. Um, we had really vulnerable conversations, um, worked into, our team culture. We had uh, regular workshops where we worked on different equity conversations and that was like expected as part of practice and as part of our sort of team culture and our team buy-in. And I think the vulnerability that we had in those conversations helped us uh, to win in the ways that we did and to end up uh, with the placement that we did. Um, and yeah, I think people just at a certain point just showed up for each other um, because of the conversations that we had had off the field. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm so proud of the team that we put together last year. Um, I'm really excited for what we're going to do next year too. So yeah, more of a community-based pride. Yeah. yeah, Those are both um, incredible um, accomplishments and achievements. And I love how both of you saw that you know team culture and chemistry and camaraderie were both like big parts of finding that types of success um while they are both incredible they're both a little bit of different parts of the country it sounds like but a little uh where did the friendship or the connection meet between the two of you um that's a big part of our show here me and johnny but we'd love to know how y'all met and also you know was was there a spark for a podcast at first or did that kind of slow burn? Maybe I'll, I'll, I could answer just like how we met because I think Tulsa will do a better job of, of 
introducing uh, the podcast origins. We met at U24 tryouts. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, East Coast yeah. U24 tryouts. I don't know that we really talked or anything like that. I, I think, think we were in different groups. Yeah, we might have been in different groups. Um, so, yeah, had seen Tulsa, obviously heard about Tulsa. Um, and so I think the first time that we actually, like, met was uh, the first season of Gridlock in 2019. Um, but it's kind of funny because I ended up with a concussion very early on uh, in in gridlock season. It was like at one of the first few practices. Um, and so I ended up sort of being out and injured for I think like the first two or three games or something like that. So already I felt very disconnected from the team. It was a totally new group of people, especially that year. It was sort of like an all-star team of people from Philly, people from New York, people from Boston. And so we were already... Uh, I think the space was already, it was hard to make connections just to start because there were so many people who didn't know each other. Um, and so then being injured, I think, took me out of it a little bit more. But yeah, it wasn't until what Tulsa will talk about now that I think we became a bit closer. Yeah. So in terms of kind of like the backstory of, of our podcast, I am super into listening to a lot of podcasts, especially about women's sports. Um, and one of the things that I really like, and I think actually this connects to your all's podcast and what you're trying to do is just like hearing what goes on in elite athletes lives, like what they do and hearing more just about who they are as a person. And so I was listening to a bunch of these women's sports podcasts and was like, there is a hole in ultimate there. We don't have a place to share these types of stories and allow people for to talk for themselves and share what they want to share and, and really get deep into ideas and issues and things that people are passionate about. And so then I started thinking, I have known Timmy, our, our producer for a long time. We went to high school together and he is fantastic at like getting stuff done and like keeping nice. to a timeline. And I was like, I need somebody who can do that. And we listened to a lot of the same podcasts. So I connected with him about this and he was like, yeah, this is a great idea. I a hundred percent support you in this. So then I got started thinking of like, who, who would be a great fit to do this with? And Lou came to mind. She was the first person I asked and she was like, I'm in, <laughs> I love this idea. Nice. And, um, I think it kind of like opposite of you two of like, being friends and, and having connection before you do your podcast. Lou and I, I think, have become a lot closer friends since doing our podcast together. And it's been really fun to get to know each other and, and work together. And it's, like, so smooth. I love working with her. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, um, if you're listening now, uh, Johnny and I just hopped over on Share the Airs podcast. So absolutely have to check them out. I thought you both presented a very professional but also a really good time. So thank you for hosting us over at Share the Air, and hopefully we can do the same today. Uh, yeah, one other question I have for that podcast, just because I think it's really special and ultimate. You know, a lot of us are very busy. We have jobs. We have a full-time job, but playing ultimate as a hobby, really. But the fact that you're putting out content and, and really good content is a challenge. Um, so I just kind of wanted to know, is there anything that, has kept you coming back and going back to the podcast. Like we know how much time and effort it takes. And the fact that you both have 
busy lives, but continue to bring value to, to the ultimate community. What's been the, the enjoyables and the pulls you back along the, ri- along the ride? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think we ask ourselves that too. We have asked that question in kind of our gaps between we've done like a full first season, full second season. And now we're kind of in this like more spread out third season, but for, and I think for all of us, we've talked about it feeling draining, doing like the producing, the editing, like that sorts of stuff. But then as soon as we have a conversation with somebody new and we we hear somebody's story, we come off and we're just like energized to get back to editing, to get back to like finding more people to talk to. So I think it's really hearing people's stories and getting to share their experiences with people and like really getting to know people. That's, that's energizing for me. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything you want to add. I, I mean, I feel so similarly. Uh, I always say this to people when they ask about the podcast is just so selfishly. I like to work on it because I get to talk to really cool people um, that I wouldn't have normally. And I get to learn not just, you know, what they do in Ultimate and why, but what they do outside of Ultimate. And I think um, since starting playing Ultimate, that has been one of the most amazing things uh, that I have taken from the sport is how different the people are who play ultimate are and that ultimate is just like a thread that connects all of us. Um, so yeah, learning more about others has been, uh, the thing that, that definitely keeps me coming back to, to working on this. Yeah. And it's, it seems like y'all have had quite the guest list. Um, as Johnny, you know, puts it legends of the sport, um, (laughs) any episodes or leaders that you've had on, you know, come to mind or is, is, you know, each one special in its unique way. Yeah, absolutely. Each one is, is special. I think, um, because we really make space on our podcast for our guests to talk about what it is they want to talk about. Um, and you know, we, we have our prompts and our questions, but we really ask them to, to, you know, share what it is that they want to share. Uh, it really makes every episode unique. It makes every conversation really unique. Um, I would say that there's definitely been uh, like some guests that we know our listeners have have super enjoyed. Uh, crowd favorites, yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely some crowd favorites. Um, trying to name even some favorites myself. Um, talking to Alana Schwam, Tulsa's teammate on Brute Squad, um, and it, her sharing her story of of her daughter was a really difficult episode, especially as someone who is not very practiced in talking about grief. Um, but it, it, it was so beautiful. And I think that hearing someone just talk about their love for someone else, um, it's just, it's so, I don't know how many times that I would meet someone for the first time and get to have a conversation like that. Um, that was, that was, definitely one of the most memorable episodes and one of the most memorable connections um i think the show has has allowed us to make yeah and um yeah before i kind of pass it off to johnny he has some some questions um about the podcast in kind of that same vein um is there any future guests that you both want to want to bring on down the road if if people are you know tuning in any um, kind of dream guest, so to speak, but for both of you? 
Yeah, I can talk about two guests that we've been like trying <laughs> to get in that we've been wanting to talk to since the first season. And that's Nancy Sun, who's just a legend. Yep. And then Molly Goodwin, who played one, I don't know, something like 13 national championships, I think maybe the most decorated player. And now she currently owns a professional women's professional football team in Boston and is just a fantastic leader. So she's someone wow. that I really want to try and get on, but she's got a busy schedule. Sounds like it. Yeah, that's super that's super meaningful to hear and I hope that this collaboration is one step closer to getting those guests on the show. Come on now. <laughs> Before we move on to the questions that I had, I kind of have a little uh, bridging question, which is, we're, on, we're here to talk about Share of the Air. If our listeners wanted to pop over to your show and they only could listen to one episode, which one would you recommend? Kind of sitting at that nexus of your favorite, your fans' favorites, maybe a little in between, what would be the one that you might land on? And you all can come up with it together. You can have your each have your own choice if you want to expand a little bit what do we think it's for me it's an it's the oldie but a goodie is like just start from the beginning with dom fontanet i know that that's a fan Mm -hmm. favorite um it was uh it wasn't the first episode that tulsa and i were recorded we were able to do a uh an episode before that as sort of like a test run um but and it ended up being I think episode seven of that season with uh, Megan Randall, but um, it was still pretty early on in both Tulsa and I's podcasting experience. But I think even still, it was um, it's so exciting to talk to yet again another legend. Um, and I think there was a lot of really great uh, takeaways from that episode, just because uh, Dom was sort of reflecting on her career. So it was through the eyes of someone who had done all of these really phenomenal things and was getting ready to like, look at the next stage of what she wanted to pursue. Um, and I think there was just a really amazing lessons in leadership and commitment and things like that. Um, f- from that episode. Yeah. So I'd say go back to the beginning, just number one. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Don's story is crazy. It's something that inspires me as, as I'm like getting in my twilight of my career, just to, that longevity and consistency. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, you know, a lot of our listeners are like really into that kind of like, you know, what, what does it take to play at that level and mm-hmm. for that level for so long? So yeah, I, I would start right there too and, and hear about how somebody played at the top of the top for, I, I don't know how many years, but 20 decades. maybe. Yeah. yeah decades. Yeah. So mm-hmm. shout out Dom and, Yeah, check out episode one and and dive right in. Sweet. Love to hear it. Well, I like to think about things as like a discourse. I'm an English major, so I'm big into thinking about like the broader discourse and where our voices fit in. Um, Our listeners to one throw at a time skew male, like our listenership. Uh, What is one topic that you think the average man in Ultimate could be better educated about? I think I have an answer, but maybe I want to think through how to say it first. If you have a, if you have an idea of salsa, um, I think it's kind of it, it may come across as a bit of a cop out because I don't think it's necessarily one topic, but I think sort of just the understanding that, especially for white men in Ultimate, that most other people have have a different experience of of Ultimate and of 
the world than they do. And to just, I think, simply have that understanding creates the opening to better listen, better ask questions, better understand other people's experience. And I think that sort of relates back to our podcast of sharing all these voices that aren't necessarily given space and and amplification and providing people stories and experiences to hear from other other voices and just to get to like understand and have a view into somebody else's life and what it's like for them and just to be able to kind of like empathize and understand so i think that's not the topic but just like the the skill or the awareness yeah i think so maybe very similarly to tulsa's answer then um i think yeah just uh an interest in, you know, better understanding and unpacking, like, the identities that not just you bring to Ultimate, but what your teammates bring to Ultimate. Um, so, of course, you know, your racial identity, your gender identity, um, these are all things that we talk about on Exist and has helped our teammates um, not only make space for each other, but has helped our teammates be able to show up and feel um, not just safe, and everything, but as we talked about in our podcast, uh, just you know, maybe thirty minutes ago, um, we found that you know, if players can show up and feel both safe and joy from what we're doing, they're going to perform better. Um, and I think you know, at least exists. We had some results to to sort of show that from from last year. I think one of the one of the coolest things um, has been having some of my male teammates. Um, be able to unpack things and be vulnerable and be able to tell me, a, a, a woman, what it is that they're going through um, and have me be able to, to understand that and hold space for that um, in ways that they've maybe that they've shared um, some open spaces that they've been on and some men's teams that they've been on haven't really uh, provided that um, as as easily, I guess. So yeah, I think there's just there is benefit even for yourself, whatever your identities you carry, by uh, being able to understand it in your teammates um, and can hopefully make your team better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that that's great advice from both, and I would argue that perhaps the best thing you can do for yourself as a student of the game is be a student of yourself because looking inward oftentimes has helped me gain a better perspective on the game, gain a more sound mind when I'm in high-pressure moments, things like this, and it's way easier to reflect on oneself if you feel comfortable with the folks that you're around and being ultimate players. We are around one another quite a lot. So I think that those are two amazing answers that should be taken to heart. Um, Another question I have here, what has been your lowest moment in interacting with the game of Ultimate and how has it impacted your mindset on the game and the community? I know we're getting a little bit deeper in here, so feel free to take Mm. some time to think or just say you don't want to answer. I got a... No, I got an easy answer. Um, And at the risk of sounding like a broken record, it is going to come back to community at the end of it all. Um, But my lowest moment interacting with the game was... Uh, I think it was at the beginning of the 2021 season. Um, I had to leave my longtime club team um, 
of like many years for reasons that I did not want to leave. And I felt like I had not only lost a community um, of teammates, but a community of friends. I had felt um, like really pushed out in a way that I was not, I was not ready to step away um, from the team. Um, And that was absolutely my lowest moment because I think I've known this since I started playing. The community is the most important part. Like I get so much joy from the mechanics of the game itself and like, you know, being able to play. But um, the thing, there's no way to just play by myself. Um, I need a team and I need a community to do that. And so losing that was really, really hard for me. Um, I was very lucky in that I then found Exist and it has been one of the best communities I've ever been a part of and one of the communities that is most interested in being vulnerable and adapting and changing. And I wouldn't have found that if I hadn't left that other team in the first place. So some silver linings, I guess. But um, yeah, in in both like the the pain I felt and like of being at that lowest moment to some of the more higher moments of, you know, our, our placement at nationals with exist and, and the community and the friends that I now have. Um, yeah, it really is the, the factor between the two is, is community for sure. Have you two already answered this question? Rowan and I? Yeah. Um, I think I've talked about mine. Rowan, I don't know if we've like specifically addressed yours. My, no, my, my lowest moments, like a little bit more, I would say like, well, I mean, it, it's getting, I moved to Boston to play for Boston Ironside and then I got cut, um, literally like moved into the city cause I was a practice player and then I got cut. So mm-hmm. that was really tough. It, it might take an episode or two, but it's public. That's definitely my lowest moment. Um, but again, that was more something that like happened to me as a result of like play. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I can't quite recall like, you know, having to part from friends or you know something more serious like um, like lose response. But well, uh, even though this is uh, a podcast to help share share the air, that's also something to look forward to with one throw. We're going to get a little bit more into Rowan's backstory moving forward, probably next month. So that's something to look forward to. Um, and I was referring to like my ACL injury. We've talked a lot about that on the show. Yeah, I mean, um, and I like that makes yeah. my cut look like nothing. Well, I don't know. I would like, argue harder struggles. We don't need to compare. <laughs> I would argue that they've had a similar impact on us in the way that we approach the game and the like both edge, but also the mindset that we have. That's a little bit more, um, you know, fun oriented. So let's not compare, Rowan. Tulse, do you have one that you want to share? <laughs> Yeah, this was a tough one. Um, I don't know. Nothing jumps to mind. And uh, I could foresee potentially a low moment upcoming, um, which is that I had ankle surgery just over a month ago. And so this is my first um, sort of like big injury. And I don't know what to expect for for a return to play and, and sort of like I have a goal timeline, but having to know that that may not go according to plan. And I I don't, I don't know if it's low, but it's definitely like a big challenge that is brand new to me. And I am uh, not sure what, what the next few months will look like. Yeah. New is scary, especially with injuries. So um, that's definitely something that I'll be thinking about you with Tolson. 
wishing you the best and as always next time you see me you won't even know that's what i'm talking <laughs> about <laughs> yeah um well thanks for sharing y'all i have one more question before we pop on over to shenanigans town and that is well to preface tulsa and i met at the national ultimate training camp one of the legendary mentors in the game, Tina Booth, runs that incredible program. Um, are there any mentors, Lou and Tulsa, ultimate or otherwise, who you'd like to shout out on the show today? And what does a good mentor in ultimate look like? You can do both. You can do neither. You can do one or the other. Up to y'all. I'll start because the first person that comes to my mind is Tina Booth. She, I met her my ninth grade, I started as a CIT at her summer ultimate Frisbee day camp and have been in touch with her. And and she's been a mentor ever since. And she's the one that first got me into coaching. And I think a lot of my, my basic coaching philosophy of like, keep kids engaged, be welcoming, short lines, like a bunch of those things I learned from Tina early on. And I think throughout my career, my different roles as a player, captain, she's somebody who I've always been able to text or call, ask for help in, in situations, work through things. And then even when we were starting this podcast, she has been such a great support for us. We go to her with with sticky situations. She's always there to promote our podcast and she's just like the biggest supporter of us. So I think those are all great traits in a mentor she she pushes and supports at the same time great answer Lou. do you have anything you'd like to share yeah um a mentor for me that i um i still think about is a coach that i had in college his name is zach smith um aka train wreck um that might be uh resonate more with with some listeners um he, he's one of the best coaches I ever had. And um, I, th- I think not only did I learn a lot of things um, in terms of my own play and how to, how to develop as a player from him, uh, I learned so much about how to have passion for the sport from him um, and how to show up as a teammate, how to show up as someone who did the work you know, outside of practice to then, you know, be the, as present as possible in practice. Um, and I think I, I didn't really know this at the time uh, when he was coaching me in college, but I think I was also unconsciously picking up a lot of coaching lessons from him. Um, because when I started coaching college a couple of years ago, um, a lot of lessons that, that he, you know, very vocally said, but also ways in which he carried himself around the team uh, ways in which he um, cared so much about players' personal experiences. Um, you know, never things that he said to one of the players on the team, but I was just able to observe it um, from watching him lead and coach and and mentor. Um, yeah, I've absolutely incorporated into how I uh, act as a coach and act as a leader. Um, and even to this day, he is so incredibly supportive. Um, I think I, I text him before like every single major tryout um, and just remind him again of like the lessons that he shared me that I carry into um, some of those like really high pressure events. Um, yeah, he, he was a really phenomenal 
coach, mentor, friend. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he ever wants to play mixed ultimate, but I I play mixed with him for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. These are incredible answers to hear, and I it, they inspire two uh, lines of thought in my head. The first is more of a serious one, and that is like hearing these anecdotes makes me think about how. Th- sometimes mentors get lauded for their efforts and sometimes they hear nothing, but either way they can have Mm -hmm. such a great impact Mm -hmm. on, especially in sports like the athletes that they put time and effort into fostering. So if you're on the fence about doing some work in your community or um, with even the smallest group for the smallest amount of time, I would encourage you to try, see if you like it and you'll probably, you know, turn ahead or, um, you know, come up on a podcast one day. And the second most silly one of my reflections from these answers are that maybe Tina and Trainwreck should start a podcast called Booth in the Red. <laughs> and it's like a fun, like, mentorship podcast. I don't know. I'm just, th- I'm just spitballing here. We'll float it by them. We'll <laughs> see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, great. We're ready to move on to shenanigans. Before we go, in case you are about to drop off, um, let's hear from. Tulsa and Lou a little bit about where you can find Share the Air and stuff like that. Yes, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are Share the Air Pod. And you can also find us on all of your podcast platforms, Spotify, mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts, all of those things. Share the Air Podcast. No, Share the Air. Share <laughs> the air. It'll come up either way. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah, so when you're listening to one of our shows, just you know, search the other one. That'd be a fun way to do it. Mm-hmm. All right, we're on to shenanigans now. This is our first crossover collaboration with another podcast, and to celebrate, we're going to discuss two facets of our sport that we would like to mash together. Each host is going to come up with their own mashup and explain why it would be better together. I say each host because even though Lou and Tulse are guests on One Throw, they are hosts of Share of the Air, so there's four hosts on this podcast right now. For instance, <laughs> the shenanigans. An example could be sweat and Pedialyte, because wouldn't it be better if we could just drink what our bodies produce when we exercise? It'd be cost-effective, sustainable, and delicious. And if that's gross... You just, you haven't seen nothing yet. Maybe. I don't know how gross y'all's answers got. Mine's kind of wholesome. Who wants to go first? I'm happy to spearhead, but if someone has, like, feeling inspired and wants to jump in, Rowan's looking pretty inspired right now. Yeah, well, I know from, I know from experience. Um, oh, you don't want to go after Johnny? <laughs> he's going to come up with something that you're just like, hmm. But um, first off, shout out... Um, shared there for an amazing game that y'all hosted for us. I'm not sure if that's something you do every time. Is, is that a reoccurring segment, kind of mm-hmm. the 10-second the stall count? Yep. Um, absolutely fun. They gave me and Johnny prompts, and we had to guess for each other. I think we did pretty well, but you'll have to check that out for yourself. Um, but, yeah, I'll take the first mashup here. Um, I'm not going to say which podcast is which, but I'm mashing old-school Five ultimate baggy shorts and baggy tops with um, very windy tournaments. And my (laughs) reasoning here is because you can come together to be stronger. Uh, You can use them, the little baggy pants as sails as you kind of fly down the field for the hucks. Because on the downwind hucks, you got to turn on a new gear. Pulls the disc there. A lot of turnovers on those downwind hucks. And... 
On the upwind hucks, you kind of want to go a little bit slower. And if you sail, then you can use the crosswind to your advantage by using certain kind of angles attacking, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> but all in all, my mashup is two things that, well, not many people like the heavy wind days and the five ultimate baggy pants went out of style. But if done correctly, then they can be an incredible force for um, help on the field. I think, I think, I, well, I think I love your answer, Rowan. And I think one of <laughs> Who's the, who? the golden, absolutely golden years of ultimate fashion came when it was just like as baggy as possible on everyone playing. <sighs> Just like no and neon, yes. Oh, those yellows. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Those shorts are crazy. Think of how high you could jump if you get a little wind. <laughs> sail, Underneath you. Little, little loop. Yeah. Everybody's vertical came down. Anybody else ready for uh, mashup round two? Sure. Yeah. So I am mashing up reality TV and Ultimate Frisbee Twitter because oh, wow. I think that... It would be super entertaining, and I think it also provides Ultimate Twitter folks with sort of the the uh, platform that they would thrive upon. <laughs> That's sweet. That is that is a winner. Oh my goodness! Yeah, wow. <laughs> Do we want to put any uh, put anybody in that reality house, or you know, we'll just say Twitter. We'll keep it general. <laughs> Which what reality show would you tailor it off of? I'm not a gr- huge reality show person but i'm thinking we do like the bachelor but instead of trying to like date the person and marry them it's like you want them to be on your team so it's like one player and that's all the players from all the different teams come in and they go on -on one-on-ones and stuff and like there's yeah there's no there's two like kind of captains and they are kind of like fighting to get people onto their team Mm. picking the best team from from the group sweet yeah. Uh, we need to put notes down. We need to make this happen. Pop it up on YouTube. <laughs> That'd be yeah, sweet. Yeah. I mean, that, if, talk about unfilled niches in Ultimate Media. That's one. We don't have reality <laughs> Ultimate. We don't. <laughs> cool. Lou, do you want to go or you want me to take it? Yeah, it sounds like we all have to go before Johnny goes. Um, <laughs> my mashup uh, is, for, is really a mashup for one specific teammate. I'm sure this... I'm sure others could find use in this, but really my mashup is uh, intended for uh, Tulsa Nice teammate Jenny De Azus. Um I am mashing up Jenny's glasses uh, and her uh, now protective face mask. Um, <laughs> so uh, for I think it's kind of her look now. It debuted at Nationals, but Jenny wears a face mask to protect her nose. She broke it at the practice right before Nationals last year. Um, and so now it's kind of her look. And I think, according to the doctors, she, I think, has to wear it basically forever now. Um, I'm mashing it up with her glasses because Jenny is notorious for starting games and tournaments without putting her contacts in. Um, And it's just because she doesn't feel like it yet. So I guarantee you the first uh, reset pass uh, from Jenny, it's a turnover. And we'll be like, Jenny, what the heck was that? Why'd you throw that? Makes no sense. Not how you usually play. And she'll just look at you and say, I didn't put my contacts in yet. I can't see more than 10 feet in front of me. I had no idea where my teammate was. And then everyone badgers her until she goes and puts her glasses in. So now she's got to wear her face 
face mask the moment she starts warming up. So if the glasses are already built into the face mask, uh, there's no way we're uh, turning it over on the first reset. She's, yeah, so. she's catching that first yeah. reset. <laughs> she's catching that first I will say, going. sometimes it's, it's not even a choice on the context. I believe she showed up to nationals with no contacts. And that is a choice. she wore that Leanne is... Hoffman's contacts because oh she was asking around for anyone that had the same prescription as her. So maybe that's why she got whatever accolades she got and played so well. Leanne Hoffman's contacts. Rowan, you're no stranger wow. to a little uh, contact drama. This this contact story puts me to shame. You know, <laughs> my t- one time I only had one pair of monthlies left, so I couldn't wear contacts for any tournament. I was saving them for club nationals, <laughs> so I went contactless. But it sounds like Jenny, shout out Jenny from the Block, great great follow on Instagram. And but it sounds like Jenny's vision is much worse than mine. Um, yeah, she's blind. She's blind. Yeah, I can still. Well, I like to say I can hear the disc. I like that's how I know where it's coming. But yeah, no, Jenny puts me to shame here. Yeah, unfortunately, Jenny is also uh, starting to become a bit hard of hearing, so she's not really able to hear the disc okay. either. <laughs> Incredible! That was a really good one. Yeah. Maybe I don't want to follow Lou. Maybe we should just end it there. Well, I'll, I'll try mine. So, two facets of the sport that I would like to match together are love and the downwind scuba. As we know, Valentine's Day is on the schedule this week, and that inspired me to think of a device through which we could spread more love as ultimate players both inside and outside of our community. But instead of Cupid's arrow, which is a played-out metaphor that encompasses more of like a, an amorous love, we could use the Johnny's Downwind scuba to snap a blazing <laughs> throw of love toward the people we care about. Uh, I thought at first you were suggesting that the downwind scuba just in general needs more love. No, I'm suggesting that we all imbue our downwind scubas with love so we can throw them really hard at the people <laughs> that we want to love. Everybody that catches it just gets a little extra love. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> That's true. They're hard to catch. I love it. I love it. They are hard to catch. Mm. So if you drop one, is that like anti-love or is it Ooh. that's a bad omen? Well, I would argue that any kind of love, you know, like being around it even, it would be enhancing. But maybe that's just me. You know, everyone has different definitions of love. And with that metaphorical point, we're going to wrap up today. Let's hear from Lou and Tulsa one more time where you can find Share the Air. We're so grateful that they wanted to take the time to be on the show today. And I thought that they made it even more fun. So thank you so much for being on Lou and Tulsa. Let's hear about where we can find Share the Air. Uh, you can find Share the Air on Twitter and uh, Facebook at Share the Air Pod and on Instagram at Share the Air Podcasts. And if you just search up Share the Air on any of whatever your favorite uh, podcasting platform is, you'll be able to find us there. Sweet. Yeah. And you can find Ro and I obviously on all the stuff. And we have an Instagram at One Throw Pod. And please keep writing in with your usual questions onethrowpod at gmail.com and we'll get back to answering those next week. We can't wait. Thanks again so much for being on Tulsa and Lou and we can't wait to, you know, continue the discussion hopefully sometime soon. Mm